Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. And Benjamin Holden. I thought you were about to do that straight away. Nah, crack, Ooh, crack, crack, it open. crack it open. I might pull myself up a little bit today. I'm going to turn my volume up. love the sound of your own voice, don't you? No, I actually hate... Wow, that was a good you. You like that pronunciation of the you? Yeah, pronunciation of you. Yes. Yeah. No, you are I've actually... Got, I've got to actually think about the way that I'm speaking now because my elocution teacher said she's going to listen to some of the more recent podcasts. Is she? Yes. Oh no, I'm going to get Pressure's judged on. now. I said I've been correct in here oh, as well. God, if we change our voices with hello, sound, sound like hello a pr- everybody. sound like a prompress prick when I say that. <laughs> elocution teacher. No, you don't. I think it's like, have you told people on the podcast that you had an elocution teacher? Well, they didn't know they know now anyway, so. Yeah, I think it's Cal's got my bone prop there. Here, let me show you this. Watch how my how I change speaking when I've got my bone prop in. Go on. The, I mean, nobody would really know what this is unless you're watching on YouTube yep. or Spotify. What is a bone prop then? So a bone prop essentially is when when you speak and when you talk, you should push your words forward. So you should come from here, not from you know, d- mm. deep in it. I often speak from the throat and a lot throat. Throat. <laughs> so I was trying to get a THR word right yesterday. A lot, a lot of Northerners do that. So I'm trying. I'm not trying to take away the Scouse twins that I've got. I just want to be able to, for people to be able to understand what I am saying. Well, you did it predominantly because when we're in America, people Americans, really couldn't yeah. understand you. And and a, a big was... portion of our audience is American, so yeah. So if you listen, you're American. Ben's doing this for you. A boat, yeah, I am actually. A bone prop is a vocal agility and eloquence so it helps you push your words out so when i've got this in i have to push the words out from the front go on what can you say like potato potato oh wow okay um say my name is benjamin halden my name is benjamin halden okay so it is doing something isn't it yeah, it just helps you project the words Shall I have a go? The front. hello and welcome back to yeah Hello and welcome back to Not So Fit Couple Podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Can I try? Do I have a try? Want your wet saliva all no. over my bone prop? Ben, please. Can you disinfect it once you're finished? Yeah. How do you put it in then? So it sits in front of the two front teeth. Like that. Yes. Now, welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Not So Fit Couple Podcast. Oh, but it gives it you tongue conk. Yeah, yeah, but it helps you push the words forward from there. So what happens is I will pra- I will practice with the bone prop in for a couple of minutes and then I'll take it out and it helps it it's it's like a habit, habit forming. So it'll make me push my words up from the front as I go into the sessions. It's a lot, isn't it, to take on board. It is. So my I just don't I take it out now. Okay, go on. So I recently was given a mouth grinder to sleep in because I I grind my teeth when I sleep. We think it's because of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the dentist gave me it. It falls out every night. <laughs> I wake up and it's just next to me on the pillow. I'm I wake like, up sometimes and there's I'm weird like, things. Just... I'm like, what is it? It's because it only goes halfway up my teeth. It's not like an Invisalign or a retainer. It's this yeah. thing that just stops I my know. teeth grinding. I'm going to have to go back. Like, I paid a lot of money for that. I'm just like, it just falls out my mouth. So it might fall out as soon as I fall asleep. Yeah, but someone had to ask me about the elocution lessons the other day. Is the rope, sorry, Does that use, is it supposed to go around your neck? Where like I think it's just so you don't lose it because look how look how small it is. Yeah, that is true. Small little I bone prop. You're supposed to wear it as like a necklace. No, you're not. I think you should do. But and then the other thing, I put a post up this morning on Instagram, and it was me going and going and approaching a street busker. Mm. So that's something else I've been trying to do is going to speak to people in the street who I usually wouldn't have encounters with, ask them questions. One, I get to create content, and two, selfishly, it helps me with my public speaking and building self-confidence. Yeah, it is good. a really scary thing. I, I even find it really scary to do, to go up to someone and just ask them a question. Like when we were trying to film stuff for the school, I was like... Well, I think because one of the harder things is, is when you take a mic up to them and you've got them on camera, which is difficult because you know the reaction's going to be a little bit... Mm. Whereas the other day we did one and you had the camera on the slides, so they didn't know. So they're not as bad yeah. because they're not under pressure. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, it, that's definitely a confidence builder. I think if you want to build self-confidence, if you're looking, if you're just starting Instagram, you know where people are like, oh, how do I build my confidence talking on camera? Go up to I, someone I, in the I, street. To be, to be fair, <laughs> I wouldn't really, I would feel weird if someone came at me with a camera. Would you feel weird, Carl, if someone came at you with a camera, me and Lucy? Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I would. Especially if you're asking about fitness things. Yeah, clearly. I always, I always try and ask. What I always try and do is, I ask them first, "Do you mind me asking a question or speaking to you?" They say no. They say no. The second thing I always do, I either start or finish with a compliment Mm. to make them feel relaxed first and kind of friendly and open to conversation with them. That's a nice way to do it. Sorry, I'm boring you. No. Not at all. So this episode is sponsored by Coro, our amazing uh, snack. I mean, I know, yeah. Is this an empty bag? So this is the bag we got last week. We were supposed to discuss these chocolates on the podcast, but me and Lucy finished. Is it a kilo bag? It was a kilo, and a kilo I bag we shit it. you not. There they is literally believable. Right, if you watch on way. YouTube, this is literally like all that is left. So picture this: it is the, the most salted of salted caramel e. Chocolate, like caramel. but it's like you know when you buy bars and they're all broken up. Give Cal a bit. They're all broken up and snapped oh, up in a bag. Left so it's good though because you don't have to open a bar. You just have this bag. I leave it in the fridge. You leave it in the cupboard. Every now and again, I'll get one. And they that is some of the best chocolate I think I've ever. How good is that? In it, what the fuck? It's so. But it's like where have you been all my life? Oh my god. Mm. Yeah, mate. Up there with the best chocolate I've ever tasted. Not just saying that yeah. because they sponsor the podcast. That is great. I can see why that disappeared in a week. That would not stand yeah. five minutes around my house. Well, I've been putting it in my oats, so it like melts into my oats. That to me seems like a bit of a waste. I'd agree. What? I feel like the, when it melts, you could just chocolate. put chocolate and a bit of salt in. Yeah, but also, how whilst the oats are cooking, I also eat it at the same time. I'm just saying, I think it's so good that just necking that raw mm. to me, yeah, better. Well, if anyone wants to, sh- to grab this one, it is the Volmilch Mandel Caramel Souls because it's a German brand. Well said. It's caramel salt, isn't it? And then the other one we've got, we also had that oh, we've got, devoured again. We've only just got oh, the s- the cinnamon vanilla peanut butter that is also all gone, completely gone. That that to be fair, the best thing about that is it's not. You know, with some peanut butter, it's like you put it on whatever you're eating, and it is a lump, and yeah, then you end up just eating a lump. That one, texture. that one, it, it's like runny, so it will go over the whole of whatever you're mm-hmm. eating. And then you can just like, you don't need to worry about just having a, bit, a big lump. Yeah. Again, What's our code? Not so fit five. Link will be in the description, show notes, and YouTube, Spotify. <sighs> On to the big one. So we, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, I'm just really excited. We discussed the other week about I would like to see them the all. toxic waste. So I thought, right, we'll order some on Amazon. We'll taste them on the podcast. Look at that. I haven't had a toxic waste since year eight. How old are you in year eight? Maybe 13, 14? I've not. I've literally, but also these are different flavors. So I used to have this. It was just one. the yellow. We've got red, mm-hmm. green, and we've got purple. That looks naughty. That looks mm. like. Should we taste the original one first? Okay. The yellow. Okay, let me. Let me. <gasps> Do you remember how they arrived in their little packet? Yeah. So these then. Oh my god. This takes me back. I tell you what. I don't know if this is taking me back to a good time though, because I just really, I really don't Hazel, like them. As Hazel, Kyle said Hazel. before, it makes your mouth water. Yeah. Before um, you've even eaten it. I'll have a taste. Blackberry. I'm just looking at the flavours. The, ye- the yellow and the green are the worst. Blue raz, apple. Ben, come on, it's you're taking too long. There's no yellow. The, what? <gasps> it took one out. There was yellow. Yellow was the most sour, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, oh. ye- was yellow water? No. Water. Yellow was l- lemon. Yeah. What is this t- flavour? Oh, I don't like watermelon. No, taste that one though. It's good. Oh, no, please can't. No, please, Luce, Just taste oh, that one. for God's sake. I, so that's really interesting with me. I love watermelon right as there, the fruit. You go first and then I'll go. And I hate, I hate watermelon flavour sweets. Oh, it's making me saliva. Go on. I'm like, a, I'm like Pavlov's dog. Go on, you go. This is, so on I the pH scale, these were 1.8. Did we say this was similar to stomach acid? <laughs> go on. Heat <laughs> Sour. Makes me want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's watching YouTube, her face is like a beacon. I'm so sour. I can't Can even you feel stop. it in your cheeks? Yeah. It's gone now. Done. No, it's not. Oh, that is so much to take on board. Well, it's not hot. It's not spicy. What are you doing? No, my mouth's watering. I don't want to dribble on the set. Well, it wouldn't make any change to normal every day, would it? What are you doing? You can't spit it out. No, I'm putting it back in its packet. That's disgusting. There's no way. That's against the, the sweet law. You can't right. do that. You've got, you got to finish but it. We've got we've got more to try. Okay, I give you that one because watermelon's the sourest one in the whole pack. Is it? <laughs> have you got one of them as well then? have got black cherry. No, have it, have, we have to do it fairly. No, yours could, t- yours could taste like nothing. Wow, black that cherry. was... <sighs> I forgot how much that hurts. Oh, wow. 
Oh, Bench, you got a chew off camera there. You're taking it quite well. Oh, no, you're not. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. It's like the first layer of it. Yeah, it is. It's the first layer. It's covered in something. Grape. I could only imagine that to be. Not that I've ever experienced it. Oh, red. You've got spaffed in the mouth and it's like... Ugh. Spaffed? Yeah. Who is spaffed? The guy. Like spunk? Yep. Just read it. Oh, come in your mouth. <laughs> there we go. Anyone who's travelling on their way to drop the kids off at school, listen to the podcast today. Oh, please. I do, do apologise. We should give you a pre-warning. Mm. So, to me, if I was looking at a sour sweet, I would label green as the most sour sweet. I'm just going to try this one, then I'm not going to try anymore because this is just ridiculous, I'm isn't it? Spit bucket. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah, you said I couldn't spit mine out. That is disgusting. You've just given us one-star reviews on the podcast. Sorry, everyone who's listening. I've, gonna... I've never tasted... What are these ones? Uh, you'd think that was the worst. Red sour candy. You, you have a red sour candy. We'll only try one more each because this is... Do you want to try one, Carl? Carl, do you want to try a green one? I can't no, actually what, what, Have you given it? that one, the green tub? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I'm just trying to get Which into... Which one are you going for? I'm, I'm going to go for the purple that we've all had one each. Okay, I'm going red pear. I just can't... Oh, there we go. Purple candy. Whoa, Carl, I'm not ready. Whoa. No, because then no one's going to be talking and just people listen to people nosh sweets okay. off on the podcast. What's that one like? Oh, that one is tasty. <laughs> that is purple. Purple, you like that one? I think these have been banned. Oh, it's not nice, actually. I think these have been banned in the UK, you know. Well, they're not. Oh, no, it was a... It they was a to them. That is absolutely... So, oh, it was Toxic Waste Sludge Bar, I think they banned. You going, Carl? Oh. Sour. Those lime ones are horrendous. Oh, nice. my God, they're so bad. But do they taste horrible as well? That purple one was horrible. I don't like that at all. Also, who came up with this idea of... Do you know what? I'm just going to put them back in the packet because I do... Oh, they feel a bit sick. That one's not that bad. The red ones. Mm. Do you know what I think they've done? So, the red and the purple are new. The yellow and the green were the old tubs. Mm. So, maybe they've made them less intense so people can actually purchase them and eat them as a, as a proper sweet. Because, as Cal said, the green one's gross and the purple one wasn't sour. That little yeah, please. Does that... They make me feel sick. Does anyone else feel sick? No, just right. me. I just wanted to quickly, before we dive into the main bulk oh. of the podcast, also give a shout out to our previous guest who's been on twice, Chris Chris Wills, who's just oh, been on the Rogan podcast. Yeah. What, a, what a guy. He, I remember when he started his podcast in his front room years ago, and he's just hit the game hard, hard, hard over the past months, couple of years, actually, and he's been consistent with it. Yeah. That's the thing, with, if anyone's doing podcasting, I think the stat is that is it two percent of podcasts actually make it past episode twenty one? Twenty one. Twenty one. Chris told us that. That's when most. Yeah. If you don't get past twenty one, you don't get past it ever, which is a really interesting thing to think about because we've been consistent with the podcast for two and a half, three years. Two and a half. Must be three years. and a half years now. No, really? Wow. That we had is that wild. old little office. Remember when we had one mic between us? Yeah, we had the Yeti mic. Spitting bars into it. Yeah, but he has done amazing you can see his hard work as well which is what's so incredible when he i think he broke his he tore his achilles or broke his he was leg sitting, or yeah, on the couch just podcasting and yeah he just podcasted and podcasted yeah. and podcasted and that just you know what that really shows like yeah. hard work and, and dedication. Then he, he just started getting guests on like peterson then he had a few of us on from texas then he yeah. had andrew huberman he had jocko and then he was on the rogan podcast last week so, yeah, top, top, top guy. I think if there's anyone you're looking for in terms of just wasn't born into a situation or wasn't or didn't move into a situation, situation where he's well-connected to get these guests on. Oh, my God, he's yeah. just He's just literally pushed, 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 banged on the door, been consistent, been reliable, and just showing up every week. Sorry, I feel like I'm going to burp. Why? I think it was those sweets. That's that disgusting. is absolutely disgusting. Sorry, viewers, but today's podcast, obviously after talking about toxic waste, is the consensus that there's so many different topics to talk about here. It's just why your diet isn't working. Yeah, that was going to be my next point, is why your diet's not working. There's so many different things where you can go into discuss discussing this topic because it's not one thing fits all it never is don't think your diet isn't working because of this thing because your friend said this there are just so many different reasons so we're going to go into a few of those today and by diet so you know when you're, you're coining the term diet yes i think this is where people get a little bit mixed up so 
would you say a diet is where you're being regimented and following something strict? That's how I think a lot of people see I'd say, when you're on a diet. I'd say it was your eating habits. Yeah, it is your eating habits. But do you think a lot of people think it's, oh, you're on a diet, you must be eating really strict? I think just the old consensus of what a diet is, is having this sheet or PDF in front of you with meal by meal planning and programming on it. And yeah. I think that's the the thing that p- people potentially need to get away from and because you're not just giving a script to someone to follow day to day. That's not how human beings work. I think as well on social media, like toxic diet culture is a th- like people call it like diet culture, which is when you're going into the extremes of you only have juices, you cut out every... So I think that that kind of gives the word dieting diet a really really bad rep as well because it's associated to diet culture where people slander it and diet culture is a thing but it's on like the bigger end of the spectrum where you're talking about really cutting out food groups cutting out calories doing silly things with your diet and then people who are just dieting for like health purposes they've it's merged into one word yeah i think at the end of the day everyone has a diet it's just how you view the time and some people like to throw toxic waste on it yeah and, yes and give yes, it a bad name when at the end of the day it's just the way that we we eat or it's the way that we our eating habits and behaviors are on a day-to-day basis so i think the place that usually a lot of people people will start and a, a place where we will start of a lot of our members on the micro school is a calorie calculator mm-hmm. the one thing to remember with calorie calculators straight away is they're almost like a moving target yeah so they're never they're never exactly the same what a calorie calculator will do is it will give you a solid grounding for where your calories should be on a day-to-day basis based on your age, sex, height, weight, activity levels. Mm-hmm. So it will give you a foundation of where calories roughly need to be. What I would then suggest that you do with those calories is if you stick to them for a week or two and you actually stick to them, then you can gauge, okay, well, my calories are set by the calorie calculator here, but I'm actually not really losing weight and I've stuck to the calories. Okay, so I need to drop them a little bit further from there. Maybe just a smidge. Or I'm now dropping tons of weight way too quick. Okay, I need to bring my calories back up. So that's what I mean. It'll give you a rough basis for where those calories should be. They won't be exact pinpoint because your body will then help you really gauge where those calories need to be either a little bit higher or a little bit lower to start with. Yeah, I think it's a really beneficial tool for people to use, whether you are just starting out with your journey or you've you've been training and dieting for many, many years, it is very, very good just to understand that basis. Even if, so say for example, because when you calculate your calories, you're obviously going to track them. My fitness pal, check what they are. As you said, do it for a couple, couple of weeks. Some people might absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely fine. Some people love it. Some people love tracking calories. They like knowing what they're hitting. A lot of people track when they're also in a surplus, not just in a deficit, when they're at maintenance to see where they're at. And one of the things that I think people think sometimes of calorie calculators is once you've got these calories, you're completely regimented. People are really strict. You have to stick to them and there's no fluctuating up and down. It's just, it is what it is. And it's not that. I just think there's a lot of miseducation around the term calorie calculators in general in the fitness industry or people don't use them well or properly enough i think that the thing is with human beings we all want a result quickly that's just the way that we we operate and what most people will do and something that we try and educate people away from especially on the school is people will pick the lowest calorie option because like if i pick that it's going to get me to the quickest so that i can be in shape stay in shape and not have to diet quote unquote diet so the quick, the quick, they'll pick the quickest route, not necessarily the route that's going to be the most sustainable for them long term. I, I would really coin what we do as coaches as is potentially suboptimal. And what I mean by that is it's not the most optimal way for you to achieve achieve a result, but it is the most sustainable way. Because mm-hmm. for me, when I speak to someone, I always ask them that question or I tell them, "What is the point of us getting you in great shape in?" eight to ten weeks like inside out shape you got but suffering for eight to ten weeks and then after that eight eight to ten weeks you just fuck it off and let all your hard work go it's like winning the lottery and just bunking it all yeah i think as it's well be- sorry it's better for us to take a longer p- period of time mm-hmm. to do it but the thing that we also build up 
is better relationships with food. Mm-hmm. We also get to live a life. We get to go out. We get to socialize. And you can sustain that for all your life moving forward. And you will learn a hell of a lot more. Yeah, you learn way more in terms of not cutting food groups out, not being so restrictive that you just hate eating food and it becomes dull and boring. But just a point on the calorie calculator there, the one that's on the My Coach School, it's the Harris Benedict calculator formula, which is pretty much the most accurate formula you can get for a calorie calculator. I, I, I can't help but thinking, don't know why this comes to my head Benedict straight Cumberbatch. away. Benedict Cumberbatch is sitting behind the cal- calculator Same. just typing people's calories in. Enigma code? Yeah. What? That's so weird. That's how, how weird. I think that as well. I think he's awesome, but then also he just played play the dragon in The Hobbit, so. That is mad, that is as well. Fix it. Anyway, on that point, I remember we used to have a few people saying, oh my God, your calorie calculator goes to such low calories. You shouldn't have calories on there. And it's like, that is the science. That is what the formula is. You can't just take off part of the formula because as we've been through before on the podcast if people are doing diet breaks diet breaks or a really strict restrictive period for their personal goals you can't just chop off the end of the formula you can't just take off extreme weight loss because for someone out there it could be beneficial categorically not everyone and probably the least amount of people will ever use it but we had to say to a lot of people you cannot disregard part of the formula just as if you're on the weight gain one you couldn't not take off the maximum amount of weight gain yeah. that you could achieve. So you can't take off either end of the spectrum. That is just what the formula is. Obviously, we do recommend most people mild weight loss because that's realistically all that people Every, need to Everyone's do. different with their psychology though because some people with that aggressive weight loss don't or can't stick to things for a long period of time because they really lack the dedication, motivation, or can't implement those habits into day to day life, so it's just like bang, get it done quick, I'm done. I need to drop weight. It's not even talking about composition. There might be someone who has is 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 about to start running prep like I was. Is about to go into a fight. Is about to do something where they need to drop weight quickly. And those aggressive calories are for those kind of things where the the weight drop is the actual key factor, not what the person looks like. Yeah, that'll be me doing my bench press. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll have to cut for a weight category, which I've never done in my life. How hilarious. That just seems wild to me. I mean, it's not ridiculous what I have to do, but you do in certain sports, you have to cut a significant amount to get into a category. And that just is what the, the rules of the sport are. Yeah. You can't work around that. that they really upset my stomach, you know. Really? I didn't even swallow it. It's I the, licked it's it. The, it's the outer casing of them though, isn't it? Which causes the... He keeps making me want to like burn. Mm. Oh gosh, okay. Um, so the other thing that I uh, is it was one of the mistakes that I always make is picking, going into the cupboard and snacking on stuff. That is definitely one of the things that I would say you struggled with most. Yeah, I I, I don't think I have, so I can't even touch on that as much as you. But that is one of the things you've definitely struggled with over the years. Well, I think it's what a lot a lot of people struggle with is is picking or snacking. It's not even snacking because snacking is is what's planned is when you're going and nibbling stuff in the cupboard and big factors that contribute to this are things like location social environment time of day food availability these all contribute to why people would just go in and pick a little bit or nibble a little bit at different things even even if you're not hungry and there's for a lot of people they will then have these bouts or periods of where they're super hungry afterwards because it's spiking sugar levels, it's spiking insulin, it's spiking appetite, which then makes you eat more. Mm-hmm. Or for some people, what happens is psychologically, they're like, I didn't really count to have these calories that I just nibbled on for the day. So now I'm going to cut back or restrict further later on in the day. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think there's that whole, I mean, after I've had something savory, I will most of the time have something sweet, but I'm quite good at just not going overboard. Whereas one of the things you do is you have one thing sweet and then you'll go through every other like tub in in the cupboard. And again, is that a psychological thing where you feel almost like you have to fill yourself up on them? I I wouldn't know what the answer is to that. Well, the hard thing is as well, there's marketing behind it. There's actually people, scientists working on brands to make you think about that pack of biscuits that's sitting in the cupboard whilst you're just sitting there. So whilst you're like, yeah, I'm great, doing well on my diet. Some Satan 
of Dietville is conjuring up some mass sabotage of you and your goals by making that cookie seem like fucking cocaine in the cupboard. Like, I need to go in there and get it. There's actually people sitting there doing brands to make you think about that cookie sitting in the cupboard. Well, isn't that what McDonald's did? What? The yellow and the red. Like, red's a colour. You're thinking about psychology and stuff, though, aren't you? I'm just thinking about how they make things more appetising and make you think about their brand even when you can't see it or even when it isn't in sight. Oh. Yeah, but it's still similar to Mackey's. The red is energy, passion, desire, love mixed with yellow, which is eye-catching. And that's why they put the two colours together for McDonald's. Okay. I know it's obviously a little bit different. It's not a cookie. But colour psychology is yeah, yeah. like a massive thing, even it's with big, big brands, Martin, yeah. KFC, all of them. Not that's a bad thing, but it's very, very clever. But even in the supermarket, they put certain things at eye height that they know consumers are going to buy biscuits or this, the favourite ones they put in the middle at average eye height, which is very clever. I learned about it at uni in marketing. And you just don't even think about stuff like that. When you're going for your shop and you're thinking, oh, put your head up. Oh, there's the, what are they called? B&M's. Oh, my God. There's loads of inter- interesting stuff to do with product marketing. We were discussing this, me and Carl, this morning after, after listening to the Stephen episode where he had the marketeer on. There's even li- little things like the cost of certain products, even though they're the same, some being cheaper. So they were discussing the cost of strawberries mm. and how if you were, for example, to see an expensive pack of strawberries and a cheap pack of strawberries, how you would deem the, the cheap pack to be... What, what's, what's wrong with them there must be something wrong with them yeah. they're that cheap but then if you were to pay the cheap price and go and pick the strawberries yourself you would be fine about that because you've picked them and you know the process that they've been through that wow. makes sense yeah that's very clever. but because you just deem them as cheap it's like who's picked them like where they come from they've been battered they've been bruised they've been on a tough journey like you, you just don't know <laughs> on a tough journey. that's actually so true though because if i always think with fruit when i look at it I'm like, what? Oh, are they are they going to be like squidgy, like squidgy, yes. and going to that slight? You know, strawberries go to that different way, yeah. that different path. They follow where they start going a bit squidgy. Mm-hmm. I don't like same with tomato. Oh, squidgy tomatoes are just absolutely disgusting, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You want a solid, firm tomato. So I started doing it in Tesco. I stopped going for the ones in the pack, and I started going for the fine tomatoes on the branch. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. They don't even taste any different. But I did that because of the price. Uh, so I've succumbed to the psychology of food. It's, it's interesting with stuff like that, like anything where you've got to put effort in to do something, you are going to ha- hold it to higher value. I think that's like when you when you cook or bake anything yourself, yeah. you're like this, every like 10 out of baked cookie, 10 out of 10, because you have, you've put the hard work into making it. Even if it looks like a pile of shit. <laughs> Which like George usually do. Some cost fallacy, isn't it? You put effort into something, so... Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But the the re some of the reasons behind why you may pick at stuff in the cupboards, why you may nibble stuff in it, people often feel really shitty about themselves after they've done it. So I think it's important that we understand some of the reasons of why it happens. So one can be that you you're just not satisfied. You're not satisfied with the meal you've had previous to snacking. So mm-hmm. it's not left you satiated in terms of getting enough fiber, getting enough protein, which we know helps with satiation. So getting a, making sure that you're getting a good meal, which is substantial, plenty of volume, get protein and fiber in there will help with the stop snacking. The second thing is if you are food deprived in terms of you're really just being over restricted with the types of food that you're having. So you're not getting any of those foods in that you actually enjoy. What are you doing my phone? It's just a little bit distracting. People keep popping up a, via email. I'm a popular guy. I know you're a popular guy. So you're depriving foods that you really want to have so then it makes you want it in abundance when mm. you snack and nibble. Mm-hmm. The third reason could be just an emotional response. You've had a tough day, stressed, pissed off, so you've, you've gone for a little nibble of your favourite chocolate. Sorry. You, you, can, you can quite easily marry those two things together. I do that. Definitely. Four, you've got no clear boundaries. In what, in what way? In terms of like health boundaries. So you you're just not really conscious of what you should or shouldn't be doing and you're not creating maybe boundaries between um yourself and like if i was just to leave those at all the time there's no clear boundary it's just visible it's easy to access mm. there needs to be like some boundary for you to get to it maybe or there needs to be some boundary in terms of even education in terms of thinking well i, I just keep eating loads of this it's going to add up add up, add up i can't just keep dipping in and out and expect to 
hit my target or lose weight. There's got to be clear boundaries, whether they be physical or whether they be mental in terms of stopping you from going and doing it all the time. Yeah, 100%. It's That's one of those things with habit forming in Atomic Habits. If you're trying to break a snacking habit, also we're definitely not saying snacking is bad and like having we're, snacks and we're not and talking about like snacking, that. we're talking about nibbling and picking. Yeah, and like if you're on a journey, on a fitness journey, you're trying to lose weight, this could be one of the reasons why. But with the Atomic Habits, such a brilliant book, by the way, I would really recommend to read it. One of the best ways to, say, get rid of your nibbling habit would to be make it harder to access. So by making a habit harder that the habit you want to break, it's not going to be as accessible for you and you're not going to do it as much. That's the psychology behind it, which is... When you were going through NES, yeah. which you, we were, that was a tough time. It was very hard to break that habit. One of the the reasons why was because I was picking in a day. Oh, yeah. So my body just expected me to keep picking on the sugary bits yeah. for the day and for the night. Yeah, we had to make it harder because it was the peanut butter, the massive toy yes. peanut butter that you always go used to go for. I used to take it away and you wouldn't know where it was. Mm-hmm. So we had to go to quite the extreme with that one just because you knew all the food was in the house. But for you that was making the habit harder by it not being as accessible to you. So obviously it depends on your personal situation and how much you are nibbling and if if it's kind of leading towards really bad disorderly eating tendencies and things like that. There's certain things you can do about it. But I remember that is one of the things we ended up having to do with you yeah, because habits, yeah. you were pounding it. Yeah, I got into a very bad place with it as well. That's what I mean. It can, it can start nibbling and you're overeating and you're binge eating and it's a full-blown eating disorder. So yeah. I'm not trying to scare people. It's just my what, when, what I went through. And then, yeah, of habits, start simple, remind yourself, stay consistent, um, find it or form triggers and replace old habits as well as a big one. Yeah, 100%. But other, other things that you can do in terms of when I was mentioning number four of creating boundaries is like controlling your environment. So serve your plate of food, serve it on a, on a plate. So have a meal on a plate, serve it from the, from the kitchen, sit down and have it. Um, Where else? What else would you have it out of? Like A lot of people would just eat standing up in the kitchen out of a packet or off oh, the side. Right, so yeah. sit, physically sit, sit down, down, have a meal. Um, fill your plate up with a lot more vegetables. And then when you finish the meal, go and do the washing up. Just like little habits that you, you will go through. So I'll cook the meal, be on a plate, I'll sit down and eat it, and I'll wash up. That creates like a habit cycle. Because, yeah. because when you bulk habits together, it makes it easier for them to, to stick to. Have a have a glass of water with each meal. Um, I think hydration in general ref, is a big Refuse one. second servings. Um, limit portion size if you need to. Like all little small things that you can do to control your environment. Yeah, definitely. I, I had a slightly different thing in terms of why your diet is not working. Yeah. I think, to be fair, though, I think you will have touched on this point anyway because we spoke about it before on the podcast, but it's just generalized condiments. Sorry, before you move on, I've got a really nice quote just to finish that bit on about okay. behavior change and habits. Okay. Stole this from Emma. ESG. Yeah. Go on. And this is about behavior change and habits, which is really what we're trying to get to the point of because if you can change your habits and behaviors, you will change the end result. Like... You can try and change your diet as much as you want. The diet probably isn't issued. It's the mm-hmm. habits and behaviors that are behind it. So I really like this quote. When a flower doesn't blossom, you fix the environment in which it grows in, not the flower. That's um, Buddhism. Is it? I think she took the quote from something. Is that's the book me that you're reading, there, the reading the Dalai Lama. Yeah. So I think, that's, I think that's really interesting because it's it takes the blame away from you. However, it just requires you to take some action to control the environment to make sure that you can grow and flourish to uh, or what you want to be and what you want to try and achieve. Yeah, that's such a lovely quote. I love that. Condiments. Condiments is, to be fair, I think one of the biggest ones because people don't know what's in your condiment. By the way, a condiment... (laughs) Isn't that a funny word, by the way? Condiment. Condiment. Condiment, yeah condiment yeah so when you say a word too many times it becomes uncomfortable that's what i've just done to that word anyway ben <laughs> we'll have to cut that one that was fucking too big sorry put a hole in my seat <laughs> you're gonna have to cut that out of the podcast that was naughty at least you was trying to make that point for a while and ben just farted. sorry yeah. so rude condiments Oh, ben, Sorry. that is so rude. You're yeah, gonna. Be, no wonder people will unsubscribe from the podcast Sorry, and give people. one stars. It's because you chew down the mic and fart. 
God. Fucking bloke. Right. <laughs> That's not a reason to do that <laughs> on the podcast when we're trying to be professional. Condiments. Basically, a condiment is your ketchup, your mayo, your olive oil, your sauces, your alioli. Wow, stunning. Oh, yeah, right. Soy sauce, balsamic, all of them come into the category of condiments. Condiments are great. I have condiments every single day on my food. The one thing is, sometimes I don't think people account for the calories in the condiments. So when you get like a side of garlic alioli, that can be up to 300, 400 calories, which is a lot for a little side of alioli. Alioli. That's Australian, isn't it? We've started to have that in Australia. It's Spanish. Is it? Really? Yeah. Is it? Alioli. Ali means garlic. Oli means oil. Garlic oil. You learn something new every I day. I understand why it's high in calories because it's literally garlic oil. Yeah, it's great though. Stunning. Love it. It's 300, 400 calories. You've got ketchup, maybe about 100 calories. Ketchup's not too bad. No, it's not, but Especially just like low normal sugar ke- Yeah, low sugar one's way better. Isn't it low, low salt? You could be correct. Either way, it has like a blue label on it. And then you've got your olive oils and things like that. A tablespoon of olive oil, 90 calories. And so by the end of the day, you could have gone over by like 500, 600 calories and not accounting for it. So over the week, that's 4,200 calories over. Save you in a deficit. You've, you're not in a deficit anymore mm. because usually people will go into a 400, 300, max maybe 500 calorie deficit. But then you don't realize you're going over because of condiments and this isn't saying you should cut them out it's more so just like if you're kind of in that space at the moment where you're on a fat loss journey or weight loss journey your weight isn't going down and you're for example whacking in the full fat mayo the oil all of this and then just not even accounting for it that could be a reason why and it's not saying cut them out but maybe just use a little bit less or just be aware of what you're using or as ben just said use light mayo or less salt ketchup it's just making slight adjustments sometimes to suit your current goals like at the moment i have full fat mayo alioli burger sauce i have it all because i actually i'm not in a deficit or anything i'm in a surplus so it doesn't really care for me at the moment but you for example probably would be a little bit more cautious because you're a little bit more controlled with calories at the moment in time not really at the moment no you're not the fucking marathon prep yeah i know um one thing that was really interesting about talking about the diet versions of and low salt versions again just reference reference in the podcast listen to this week they were talking about health products and diet products yeah what's a health product like a protein bar Mm. things that fall into the health and fitness industry Mm -hmm. um maybe diet low sugar versions of stuff and they were saying that with some of them and some brands they could taste exactly the same, but they make it te- taste less good than the actual one because the perceived that people will perceive it to be healthier. If it tastes a little bit less good. If it tasted just as good, people would be like, oh, "Is it really healthier to have this version oh, of it?" So- That's why they make Diet Coke taste a little bit more bitter. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that. I was right on that one, wasn't I, Carl? Did you listen to that one? Yeah, so that was on the Stephen Bartlett podcast. It's yes. similar to how like Athletic Greens doesn't taste like drinking, I don't know, a hot chocolate. It tastes a little bit, a little bit not healthy. Amazing yeah. to yeah. make you think, oh wow, actually, yeah, this this good. is healthy. Yeah, this is that is so interesting. Yeah, well, psychology product. The the I think mayonnaise took it one step too far because the light mayo is good, and then you've got the light light mayo, yeah, it tastes like horse which bunk. is water. But I, I, you know, with hummus, I sometimes think the hummus. the lower fat hummus oh. tastes better. I think the one that you have now, the full fat one, <laughs> tastes like. Strongly disagree though. No, it tastes, I strongly disagree no, too, Carl. That one, we haven't even got a dog, but it tastes like no. dogs just tea bags, pot of hummus. No, I think you've just got used to having the lower fat one. Where I, I'm to be fair, hummus is probably one of the things that I cut hummus and cream. I'm very naughty with those two condiments because I... It's not naughty though, is it? Because at no, the no, same it's in t- like they don't make... The amount that I have makes you feel a bit ill. At the same time though, like you you need... I think the thing is, is just like what, what sometimes gets measured gets managed. So put it in, but don't cut it out. At mm. the end of the day, like enjoy your life. Yeah. If I couldn't think of anything worse than just eating bland chicken and rice 
like some boring bodybuilder all the time and never experiencing the taste and flavors of life yeah so you can definitely still eat nice foods it's just sometimes when you're going through certain periods where you want to drop weight you're a bit more accountable you cut them down a little bit lower that is, that is all we're not saying cut them out don't be a ball bag yeah it's never about cutting them out but it's even i i went through this period of having like double pouring cream on my oats and one pour for me was about 400 calories because i just love the stuff i think it's so good but now i switched to single cream just because I have slightly, and there's not a big difference, but it's like 200 calories yeah. difference. And I absolutely slather my oats in it. So it's just little changes as you do go along your journey. You go through different periods. You don't yeah. need to cut something out. You can just make amendments. Do you know what the other thing that's interesting with that is? And it's a switch that I made when I was going through that IBS stuff. Yeah. Is we used to use the really low sugar free sauces syrups jams mm. everything was like the the daily goat bowl that we used to have the oats was full of just low sugar jams low sugar alternatives and don't, i'll still use some of them every now and again but fuck me i would just be ripping like a i don't know what all day because i would just really get people wonder in the fitness industry why what like pumping why yeah why some people who are into fitness are super bloated all the time it's because just eating those low-calorie alternatives in abundance all the time. Yeah. It's not great for your digestive system to have too much of it, everything in moderation. You did really used to bloat as well. You oh, used yeah. to, like, high-five my belly when you were bloated. It looked like and... a swallowed turtle. But you were sore from it as yeah. well, which we were like, God, like, why? Why are you getting so... And But, yeah, those those alternatives, you would... Wow. Yeah, I'm glad you just did not have those anymore, the amount you were having. To be fair, you were having quite a lot of them. Too much of it. Too I used much to drown of it. it <laughs> you used to get like a syrup thing and then like half of it would be gone. I used to have to drink the syrup <laughs> off the top of my head. I was like... <sighs> to make, yeah, to make it taste... But that's the thing. You have to use a lot of it to make it taste even yeah. good. So that is one of the issues with them. I just, you know, pure bees honey. Whoa, I love that now. See Manuka honey? It's about 60 quid. Like liquid gold. But it's supposed to have healing properties, I think. Bullshit. I mean, I don't know with Manuka honey. Oh, sure. I don't know. I don't know. There must be some reason behind why Manuka honey is the price it is. Do you think that's marketing? It's. I think it's marketing and it's also supply and demand. Yeah, like is it prescribed on the NHS? Probably not. No. What is Manuka honey? Isn't it from New Zealand? Medicine, medicinal use. Nectar of what, the... Do you know what you're doing tree? there is? You are finding data... To back your own narrative. Apparently, it's bias. antibacterial and bacterial resistance means the bacteria shouldn't be able to build up a tolerance to its antibacterial effects. Well, that's all honey because you can honey mm. doesn't go off, does it ever? Nope. You, you can find honey in like Egyptian tombs and still eat it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honey just got no cell by date. Zero cell by date. Yeah, it crystallizes and then you so that people find ah, honey in Tutankhamun's yeah. tomb and they just boiled it and then ate it and it was like fine. I mean, that's a bit far, isn't it? Like, yeah, I know, but... Yeah, that is crazy, though, because it doesn't... It is it is very expensive, because it has here, like, there's brands called the Manuka Doctor. You can get it from Holland and Barrett. They were the first two that came up, so they're kind of obviously pushing it as Also, Holland and Barrett is such a rip-off. Food. Holland and Barrett is really expensive. Yeah, I'm looking at Holland and Barrett right now. 250 grams of Manuka honey is £85, <sighs> reduced from £150 for 250 grams of honey. Go and get yourself some normal honey. But it is, it is wild, isn't it? The, the oh, I wouldn't, I don't think there's personally that many benefits behind Manuka honey, but... But then it's similar to like Louis Vuitton or Gucci. It's like a bag yeah, that like, is normally costs eight pounds maybe to make in a sweatshop and then charge yeah. two, three grand for it. Because the brand, thing. yeah. Wow. Okay, there you go, Manuka honey. One of the other big things in terms of why people fuck up on a diet weekends. Oh, we're used to... This is the, just the biggest one for most people. Do you know what it is as well? We were so... I mean, we're probably going back when we first met, so like four years ago. And I can remember I can remember the one weekend, we because we were like it every single weekend. We were quite restrictive in the week and we wouldn't allow ourselves to really have anything. Is we... the Magnum story? No. Ah. Oh gosh, there's another one. We didn't really allow ourselves to have anything and we were kind of accountable to each other do you know what i mean we'd, we'd yeah. like oh no don't have that we'll, 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 we're doing this on saturday we used to i can't even fa we must have been having 
10, 12,000 calories over the whole weekend. We used to go absolutely in and we'd feel really, really horrible from it. We'd feel uncomfortable. Yeah. We we make our, our, I personally at the time was bulimic, so I'd make myself so full to the point that I was throwing up. Yeah. And I look back now and I'm just like, what a horrible, horrible way that was to live. I think it's that basic thing. I think, is it Newton's law, which is every, is it every action or every... Yeah, so every action has an equal, equal and opposite reaction. reaction. Yeah. So if you are super restrictive through the week, there's going to be an opposite reaction to that. I mm-hmm. On the weekend, you're going to go into like super binge mode and eat way too much. Yeah. And that's just about looking back on why things happen. I think if a lot of people looked at why things happen or the reasons of why things happen, why are you touching my can? Because you're stroking it. I thought it felt yeah, nice. Not, yeah. Like touching things, I'm a very textile. <laughs> I hope person. that's on camera. You're sat there through stroking your yeah, monster can. It makes me think, <laughs> and there's going to be an opposite reaction to it. And what happens then is, once you get a taste for it, what you psychologically do is you think, okay, by Saturday or Sunday evening, come Monday, I'm now no longer allowed those foods again for another week. So I'm going to squeeze as much food as I can in. I'm going to get as much cake, as much biscuits in as I can because yeah. I know I can't have it again. And it's the things in terms of like why I'm a big fan of reduction, not restriction, is because you're then not looking to gorge on it the next time that you taste it because you know this is the cut-off time or cut-off date for me to get as much in as possible before I then have to go back to normal shitty ass eating grass trimmings and raw meat out of plastic boxes. Yeah, that's it completely. Like, we follow very healthy, well-balanced lifestyles and I really enjoy eating nourishing, healthy food, but I will also, every single day, have... A Mars bar. Cause I don't know why. I don't know why a Mars bar is the, is the choice, but I just think they taste delicious. I love the nougat. But every single day, I will have something that I just really love to eat, and it's really tasty. But something I used to only save, like I would save it for Saturday and Sunday. Whereas now, because I'm just having it in my diet every single day, Worst it's thing always in the world. introduced that what is bread and butter pu- bread and butter pudding. <sighs> bread and butter pudding. That is also one of the things that I have quite a lot now. Bread and butter pudding with cream and apple. Put it in the microwave and it just, whoa. Bit of melted, bit of that caramel chocolate. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a snob, well. by the way, but that is absolute peasant dessert. Why? Because it's just egg and bread. If I wanted a fucking egg toaster or something, I'd eat it every day. It has like raisins and like egg, eggnog and cinnamon. It doesn't make it any it. better at all. I think. No. If you're listening on YouTube and you like bread and butter pudding, please back me up because I think it is a stunning dessert. Okay. Bread and butter, pu- bread and butter pudding. Is that your top dessert? No, banoffee pie is. Okay. But banoffee pie... I can vibe with that. Where does bread and butter pudding fit in with the dessert top list? Third. Okay, what is second? Vanilla cheesecake. Bullshit. How is vanilla cheesecake second? Why do you think it should be first? No, I just think... Why would you get a plain? Do you know what? I don't really like raspberry compote. I'm not saying you have to have raspberry on it. I'm just saying. No, but sometimes when you get cheesecake a Cheesecake factory, you go in, there's a fucking Bible of cheesecakes. That one was quite nice we had actually in America, but go. it was so sickly. It was Dolce de Leche and we had to share a piece because it was But that's what I mean. Most... When I finish a slab of cheesecake, I want to walk out and feel like either A, I've just swallowed a human child or two, I'm going to shit myself. The caramel one from Nando's is really great. Okay, that would be number two. The caramel cheesecake okay. with, a, with, a, with a moist base. Is number to two. be fair, my top desserts are probably quite controversial. Quick, what, um, I wonder if I can even Magnum. Oh. No, sorry, you just have one every night. So Wait, I assumed. Whoa, whoa, no, whoa rewind, <laughs> rewind. Right, we sat down at a fancy restaurant. When have I ever gone? Dessert, dessert, mate. Can I have a Magnum, please? Because we he never, just told me to. We, would... ne- we never get desserts in the restaurant because you always go and buy Magnum. <laughs> <Right. laughs> can you imagine ever have it in a a restaurant like they pull the dessert over and it's just a Magnum sitting on a plate? You have them every single night, so I just thought that would be a top dessert for you. Because I can't whip up Dolce de Leche from which from a five star. No, if you ask me, I could give it a good go. That's exactly why I don't ask you. Okay. (laughs) Okay, what's number one, two, and three? Because I'm a bit. Okay, I think Cal could probably guess these. I like a hot dessert, me. So I like like an apple pie, rhubarb um, crumble. Where does sticky toffee pudding? High, yeah, right. Sticky toffee pudding, uh, rhubarb custard. Apple crumble. Yeah, you do like that. I like a homely British type of dessert, which is hot with yeah, bread custard and on it. No, bullshit. No, it's egg and bread. I think yours are worse than mine. No, absolutely not. Please, someone comment saying whose desserts are you... better. My top three 
which is banoffee pie, cheesecake, caramel cheesecake, and bread and butter pudding, or Ben's apple crumble, rhubarb crumble, and something crumble. Boring. I'd, I'd like something hot, but I'm gonna, I'm, I can cuddle up, go to sleep after it, and be like, mm, wholesome. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, how do we get on the topic of that? I don't know. We were talking about weekends. Um. <laughs> so yeah, with weekends, the other thing is, I think a lot of people look at their weekends in terms of their nutrition, kind of like how they look at their their working week. Mm. Monday to Friday, I'm in work, boring shit. Nutrition, boring shit. So once they cross that Friday afternoon, Friday, Friday at five o'clock, it's neck the hell in. I've got two days to do what the fuck I want before I go back into the job that I hate doing, seeing the people that I hate. They doing, might not doing the, their jobs. I, I'm just speaking from why some people will fuck up. Okay. Doing the commute that I hate. Wearing the shit stuff that I hate. Dieting that I hate. Some it's it a lot of people will go for this or at least like work and I went through no, it with quite a few jobs. Like obviously you've had the luxury to never have to do that. I have. When? Full time swimmer. B- bullshit. Right. <laughs> that is bullshit. No, to be fair, I had operations manager, which I hated. Whilst okay. at uni, I absolutely hated it. Okay, try. 16-year-old guy. I'm just top floor, Primark, Liverpool. I've got... A f- yeah. I'm, I, all, my, my job was to pick women's shoes up who just left them on the floor. They had feet like fucking bacon rolls. And I didn't even pick them up and put them on the shelf because of that many. I just had a big broom. And I just fucking sweep them up all day and then put them back on the same rail for the, for the next woman to come and take them off, try them on and leave them on the floor. Working, by the way, in all black, shirt like a fucking bin bag. Yeah, that is worse. To just get abused by people who are paying four pound for a pair of shoes, it was yeah. crap. Yeah, that is worse. I obviously being a full time competitive swimmer, I was paid to swim. Yeah, great. Not knocking you, also, because you did great to get there. No, I know, but then when I quit, I did get a job, operations manager for this company called DNA, and it was just. I just wasn't treated very well, which is why I think I personally didn't like it, yeah. but I can p- completely understand the hate situation. So there. people will do that. And then again, because they've got some cost fallacy, they will just stay in it. And then I think they will look at the weekend as like, it's this two day period for me to really, it's like escapism. Mm. I just do what I want, do what I want with my food. And I feel like if you really view things like that, where it's two black and white different scenarios, you, you're just living, live, you, you're not living a very good life. Are you really? Because you you only live in two day you live for two days a week. I mean, that's not life. That no, you don't I, want I to just necessarily live like for the live. weekend. And that's, that's where people get these bad habits from, though. Obviously, as well, a lot of plans happen on the weekend. Like we're having, oh, of course, yeah. a barbecue this weekend with loads of friends round, and it's we're drinking, we're eating, we're having a great time. We couldn't do that in the week because everyone's at work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of plans, of course, yeah. like that, are made on the weekend. Which is absolutely fine, but it's more so when people go completely. They could have a really nice like meal booked and drinks and dinner, or they're going out or doing whatever. But then they're just like eating and eating and eating like ten thousand calories all day because they think it's the only opportunity they have mm. to have the foods that they really want to eat in the week. But saving it to whack it all on Saturday and then just not spreading it out over the week. Yeah, I think it happens a lot of alcohol because people are stressed for the week from work as well. That's why people can't yeah. wait for a bevy on a weekend. I think that's quite a London thing, isn't it? Where people go to, like, but I work in London for a bit. I mean, I know it's very prevalent there because you're in the city, you've worked, you finish work, pubs over the road. Yeah. Which is a lot different to, I think, a lot lot of other places. Well, I worked in London for four weeks. God, it was the most stressful four weeks of my life. London is not the one for me. It was so busy. Like, people just were very angry on the tube. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, We used to go for a drink, honestly, every night after work. And I was like, this is not, this is not, this is not for me. But it was, and then I compared it to Manchester and it wasn't very similar in Manchester, mm. but I don't know. I think one of the ways that you can get around that, and it's it's one of the things that we really coach with clients is having a day, one day, Saturday, where you stop using my fitness pal completely. You take away the crutches because at the end of the day, you can't rely on something for the, your whole life. You're going to always track and you have a Saturday to eat a little, a little bit more intuitively. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's an invite to a binge buffet and you just go all out, but you take away the reins a little bit. You don't know what numbers you're having. You just have foods that are more heartly, foods that you enjoy more. You still kind of are aware of I'm not just having a, a shitload of food. You're just mm. having things that you feel like having in yeah. quantities that you feel like having at a time. It just promotes for you to be a bit more relaxed with food on a Saturday. 
it all pro- also promotes better relationships with food in the future. Mm-hmm. And it also helps for like those occasions where you're not going to be able to track all the time. Life throws curveballs at you where you can't always be able to track and manage numbers and the intake and output, holidays, social occasions. So it kind of gears you up mentally to not feel guilt around food when those kind of things happen as well. Yeah, because you don't necessarily want to live in fear of food. Not necessarily. You you don't want to live in fear of food. Mm. That's obviously not a way to live. And I think from personal experience from both of us, we have definitely been there. I was I was really there for a couple of years. And you do learn when you come out the other side of it that it is possible to not feel like that but it's also really hard when you're really really in it you cannot see not being in it which I which what makes it so hard for people to try and get over but this is one of those things and taking points away from this podcast and just implementing different strategies and trying different things and it's all about trial and error at the end of the day what works for me might not work for you what works for Ben might not work for me so it's just trying different things and don't be disheartened if one thing doesn't work and you know just don't be too hard on yourself i think if you to think of another thing like weekends another time of day maybe that people fuck up when is it when do other people fuck up uh evenings yeah at night was my pitfall all the time still still has been some some evenings because i think the reason a lot of people will snack or overeat in the evening is because one eat too little through the day mm-hmm. so again newton's law every action has an equal and opposite reaction. reaction or action so we will eat more to kind of balance that out number two um we we, we create associations so right it's eight nine o'clock I'm gonna sit down watch love island so i'll have a bag of chips or a cookie or a donut and you create those associations that when you sit down and watch TV, you have to have those type of foods because they're comfort food. So you create associations in the evening that you may not necessarily create at any other point in the day. Yeah. And then the other thing is just being bored. When do, when do most people overeat when they're bored? Because at other times when you're, your brain is active, when you're doing things, when you're proactively doing work or you're busy or you've got something hands-on, you won't eat. But when you're bored at night, you've got nothing on. Just chilling. It's easy to go. Nip in the cupboard. Yeah, you you have a habit of walking around the island and checking each cupboard on the way. You do like two loops yeah. and then you come sit back down. The reason why I'm talking about these things is because I fucking do them or I've done yeah. them. So that was one I, un- I, un- I can do. massively understand and empathize of why people it happens to people. Yeah, 100%. And again, it's not an or-, or off switch. It doesn't just happen. So don't feel like because you're trying your hardest to create these new habits and behaviors that it happens one night you haven't fucked up it's a bit of a gray area in terms of like the way that i would look at it if something kind of reoccurs or you have a habit that reoccurs that you don't want to happen is look back and think okay how many times in the last two to four weeks has this happened Mm. and has that happened less than the previous two to four weeks and that's how i would assess things based on an average rather than oh it just happened again so i'm fucked and back back to the start again yeah, I don't think you've gone back to square one just because you fucked up once. It doesn't mm. happen like that. Everyone messes up and they do things wrong. Yeah. I've had a really weird time with food post-ultra and I've not known what, <laughs> what I'm doing and I'm not being like too harsh on myself. I was at the start and it just was not helping mm-hmm. how I was feeling. Now I'm just kind of accepting to take things a little bit slower and just not completely penalize myself when I do fuck up with my food. Yeah. In in that sense, that's me not eating enough, yeah, yeah. by the way. Even with fuck-ups with food, though, I think that's one of the other things that people do is that they let their weight dictate their mood, which is often then creates poor associations with food. So uh, I put this post up on the the school page the other day, and it was about how scale weights will move up and down for the week. It doesn't mean that you then need to alter how much you're eating. Weight spikes and troughs happen all the time. doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. They're normal. They can be due to maybe the last time you took a shit higher carb intake, stress, sleep, etc. Like you've got to let it go because everything will be fine in the end. And that, that's where I think people let self-doubt and then self-sabotage slip in as well. Because you can go over on calories and still lose weight. Yeah. What I mean by that is you need to stop viewing days as black and white. Gain some perspective. Have, have some contact with it. You've, you've not fucked up. It's a simple fact that you can go over one day and then if you stick to the, the rest of the stuff for the rest of the week, you're still lost weight. One day doesn't make mm-hmm. up for everything. Just that's my 
I'm having to weigh myself every day at the moment since my ultra to get my weight back up. Spikes and troughs. Um, I don't know, you, you won't be able to see the weight on YouTube or Spotify, but you can see my graph is literally like it looks That's like loss, your heart rate going up and down. What weight change will look like. Yeah, I just wanted to emphasize that point there. And but that's the thing of like where you're setting your goals as well. I think if your sole goal and you don't have anything else to look at is just weight loss, you just got the blinkers on and need to lose weight. It can sometimes make you too focused on stuff. Yeah. And, and and it'll make you super focused on the wrong things sometimes and looking at the wrong people. So copying what other prep coaches may do, copying what other bodybuilders may do, and then th- what you've got to remember is these kind of elite people are only following these kind of methodologies for a short period of time it's not something that they're doing for a long period of time and then they're bouncing back from it so you don't want that at the end of the day you don't want to be super restrictive switching on off like a light switch you want something which is going to help you be fitter healthier sustain relationships with food have a good life go on and have a day where you can have a piss up and then bounce back and, and do other things like if you were to say for example you want to get better at driving you wouldn't go out on your Vauxhall course and start copying what Lewis Hamilton does on the weekend because it's a complete different level. It's a and different you sport. Crash. You crash. Exactly like you do with your diet when you're trying to copy these super restrictive things or copy people like bodybuilders or elite coaches. And that's why I like with what we do at the school is and a lot of running and performance metrics, including those in and giving yourself something else to shoot towards helps massively in the journey of weight loss because it stops you from being so super, super focused and putting all your energy just into wanting to lose weight because i think if you stop focusing all your energy into the future and more on the now and actions you need to take to get to the position you you want to be that will come in time well what i was just going to say is the way that the my coach school works and how it's always worked the ethos has never changed Imagine three circles, you've got health, performance and aesthetics. You only need that little blob in the middle. So you want a bit of health, like what's your health goal? Okay, I want to have a healthier healthier heart. Mm -hmm. Performance goal, I want to be able to go to the gym three days a week and work on my hip for strength. Great performance goal to have. And then your aesthetic goal could be, I want to lose weight to look da-da-da-da. Having a mixture of all three, like you said, just focusing on that aesthetic weight loss thing Mm -hmm. it becomes really hard because you're so fixated on one goal but then if save the weight loss might be taking a little bit longer it's like oh do you know what though i'm I'm feeling really healthy in my heart i'm i'm running with my kids and stuff i feel better i feel less out of breath cool you're ticking off the health goal yeah so you can tick off your little goals in the health performance anesthetics rather than just focusing on one that is exactly what we do with the my coach school we've never done anything else and we will always stick by that ethos and it's, it's worked for me and Ben. It's working for everyone who's on the school because it's so important to have just like a mixture of the multitude of those goals rather than being completely fixated and then at the end of the day quite disheartened just by focusing on one sole goal. Yeah, 100% agree. The very last thing that I just wanted to say is to do with exercise. And I've, again, fell victim to this is that when you are upping your expenditure, you're doing more running, you're doing more exercise, you're doing more training is that that will then raise or can raise your appetite because you're offsetting an energy energy balance so your body's going to want more energy mm-hmm. just be aware of that because if you get stuck in a hole where you're over exercise or not over exercising but you're doing more and more and more exercise without putting the fuel in the tank there's going to be again a point where it reaches a breaking point or again for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction mm-hmm. or action and the action could be that you then overeat to make up for all that energy output that you've got and the big thing then that you want to try and view, view food as, and this is a way better solution psychologically for a lot of people, is I've been stuck in a routine before of seeing running or exercising or lifting, whatever it was, as a way to expend calories or expend food, mm-hmm. where a much better psychology is to think, I need to eat this food or eat this much calories to fuel my workouts, not the other way around. And that you'll become or build a lot better relationships with food through having that mentality. That's what I used to do for seven months. Indeed. Really had to just be like, you need to eat 5,000 calories because you just ran a mm-hmm. marathon. You need to eat that because <laughs> you just done that. And it does really help. Yeah. It helps you fuel your performance in a slightly different way. Hope that was super helpful. I think it was really helpful. Even I was learning things. Do you know what I forgot to do? I've not done it in the last few weeks. End on a quote. No, start oh. with a joke. Oh, yeah. So we're going to end, end with a joke, joke. today. I, I have to quickly find this one. So you ready? Straight face. 
feel like all my laughing came out before. Okay, sorry. <laughs> what did one butt cheek say to the other? Together, we can stop this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's good to be fair. <laughs> that is good to be fair. I might have a joke for you guys. Go on, Carl. Uh, go on. Um, have you heard about the new corduroy pillows? Corduroy pillows? Yeah. I've no. not heard about the corduroy pillows. Yeah, they're making headlines. I don't get it, Carl. She was never going to get it. Do you get it? You know what corduroy is, right? I don't know if you... I don't know. If, I think I know what it is, but you're saying something weird. Corduroy pillows. Corduroy pillows. This, do you know? Do you, do you, right. If you ever want to suck the energy out of a joke, <laughs> just give it to Lucy Davis fit. Oh yeah, like yeah. Okay, I did not know that's how you pronounced it though, yeah. Cal. Sorry, that's why the joke was ruined because I didn't know that's how you pronounced. I knew exactly what it was, but I didn't know how you pronounced it like that. Headlines. Uh, I apologize. Just quickly, there was um like a news thing just came up uh, about that actress who got stabbed. Did you hear about it? No. Um, also, it was that uh, Reese one with, with a spoon. No, with a knife. Ah, uh, <laughs> that is fucking good. I've had it good one. That is very just just quickly to finish off as one. well. We were discussing shark last week. There has just been another shark attack in Cornwall. I don't know if I believe that. It doesn't matter if you believe it. Yeah, but I don't actually think it happened. It did happen? Pull it up right now. Shark attack Cornwall 2022. There we go. Swimming bitten by a shark Blue while shark. snorkeling off the coast of Cornwall. Apparently, you know what? really apparently it was in the shallow waters, like circling around people the last day or two. He and is then... small. The shark is tiny. It's not like a great white tiger. Mm, or... I think it was a blue shark. I mean, blue shark gets the four meters. That's still pretty big. Like, that's pretty large. That's two it, humans. It's, it's like almost the size of my penis. So just think about that in the water. It's big. Okay, you know I mean? yeah, this isn't. It was not a good time. It actually really did happen. Yeah, told you. Suffered a leg injury. Oh my gosh, it was in Penzance. So we used to go, we used to go to St. Ives. In my St. Ives, everyone. Wow, this is so actually happened. We will get a shark expert on, by the way, at some point. Yeah, because my shark series, I'm now on like series number five of seven, and it's, I um, don't know what I'm going to do when it's finished. But like Love Island, what do we do now from nine till uh-huh. 10 o'clock? Let's find a new series. On that note, I know we announced we were doing an event. We are. We can tell you what it is. We it's can already, tell you what already, it is, but you can't come now. It's already sold out. It was for members only, to be fair. So yeah. it's the Gymshark Times MCS event. So we are doing a, an event with Gymshark. It's yeah. going to be on the 17th of September at the Gymshark Lifting Club. We've got loads of cool stuff going on. So we will be posting quite a lot of stuff from it. We will be running future events. Yeah. They will always be first or offered first to members. So you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Join the micro school. Yeah, be 100%. part be part of the community. Like honestly, one of the best things about the micro school is the community. And as part of that community, you get to do cool shit with the family and with me and Lucy. Yes, and if for whatever reason tickets become available, which hmm, they might not, but just make sure you join the My Coach School group on Facebook because that is where the yeah. ticket link or is. You can get seven day free trial on the Micro School on the our coaching community. You yeah. use code seven day free and it's via the link below as well but yeah. yeah join the group because then if a ticket does come available you will know about it straight away mm-hmm. it's obviously more so the tickets completely sold out to the members of the micro school community yes. and we are ridiculously excited about it Indeed. and also we're down in london next week we're going to be doing some podcasting as well yes. a couple of guests so if there's any future guests that you would like to see on the podcast please feel free to drop them in the youtube or spotify comments yeah because it's always nice knowing as well who you guys want us to chat to as well because we will do our very best to to chat to whoever it is Mm -hmm. hope you enjoy this podcast have some leave some reviews if possible leave some reviews some five star reviews and we will catch you in next week's episode bye guys bye